Hi, this is Steve, aka at AllAnthar on Twitter, and here are some more of my gaming vexes. Space is vast, dark, and not your friend. Gamma rays and neutrino bursts erupt from dying stars to cook you alive. Black holes tear you apart, and the void itself boils your blood and seizes your brain. Try to scream, and no one can hear you. Hold your breath, and you rupture your lungs. Space isn't as empty as you'd think, either. Its frontiers are ever-expanding. Rival governments wage a cold war of aggression while greedy corporations vie for valuable resources. Colonists reach for the stars and gamble with their lives. Each new world tamed is either feast or famine. And there are things lurking in the shadows of every asteroid, things strange and different and deadly. Hi, on this episode, we reflect on our experiences with Free League Publishing's Alien Role-Playing Game. Over the course of 11 sessions, a group of us played through the Destroyer of Worlds cinematic scenario using Foundry VDT. In it, an apparently straightforward mission to locate and secure a group of Marines that have gone AWOL suddenly becomes very complicated very quickly. With that in mind, if your group are planning to play Destroyer of Worlds, there are quite a lot of spoilers in this episode, so you might want to delay listening to it until after your own playthrough. However, if you're going to GM it, you may find this episode helpful with your own game prep. If you've already played through it, I'd be very interested to hear how your experiences compare to our own, or perhaps they don't. You can leave an audio message on Anchor, which I'll include in a future episode, or you can always reach us over Twitter. Although this podcast allegedly covers my gaming vexes, I occasionally get comments that we are rarely, if ever, actually vexed about anything much. And niche is very much as a shipping forecast of tabletop RPG podcasts. If you can make your peace with whatever range of regional British accents are on offer in any particular episode, you'll rarely find much to take exception to. In this episode, however, we come dangerously close to fulfilling the promise of the show's title as we have views about the alien RPG in general and the Destroyer of Worlds scenario in particular. I do recommend you give the game a go if you haven't already, but it's a very particular play experience that I think it's better if you go in with your expectations thoroughly managed. So, with that... On with the show. So yeah, so thanks for, uh, uh, for for joining this evening. And as I say, you know, talking crap on a podcast isn't for everybody. But if we're going to talk crap on podcasts, we've got the elite podcast crap talking team here tonight <laughs> in the person of Doc. What you want to say about that? The uh, <laughs> I see myself as an amateur crap talker. Doc at Dr. A. Cowie on Twitter. That's not how you say it. That's not Rack the way That's the way Cowie. It. it just makes me happy every time someone says, uh, oh, that. you're Drakowie. Yeah, the, that's so cool. cool. It is. It sounds cool. 
Um, I'm uh, Matt Thomas uh, at Clownfist on Twitter. Um, you've probably known me by reputation, <laughs> which is probably not great. Yeah, hashtag, um, hashtag stool report. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. Hi, I'm uh, Neil Hopkins, also known as Thermal Satsuma on Twitter. Um, so I uh, got back into gaming via Grognard Files and seem to have played games with quite a few people in the last year or 18 months. And, and yeah, we, we, we played through, I don't know, in, interminable? That's the wrong word. We played through quite a, a significant length of uh, the Alien uh, RPG, didn't we? So yeah, so we're going to have a little bit of a, a chat through on uh, what that was like. A little, it's not a review. We don't, don't, don't do reviews. I mean, play what makes you happy. We don't, we don't mind, really. But uh, just, just our thoughts about the whole experience and, and Alien generally. So I suppose, have any of us played an Alien-type game before? Because there, there were other previous incarnations of Alien. I think was it Leading Edge? I think did a Doc's probably got it on his shelf somewhere. Uh, Leading Edge is the version, and some of us might have just done homebrew. Probably used Traveller to try and get a similar sort of effect. Has, have we got an experience of playing Alien before as, as a, in other systems? Yeah, we we did something like that in in Traveller way back when, um, not entirely successfully because again it ends up killing everybody on the spaceship. So uh, I suppose that's an accurate recreation of the film. But <laughs> it, was, it was entirely accurate in that case. Yeah. And so how, and how did Traveller... Um, um, the, did, it just, tur- it just turned or? into a straight-out fight. I, th- I think the thing with Alien as a game is that it's 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 got to get, have that horror aspect mm. to it, and we just turned it into a straight fight and uh, okay. didn't last very long. Yeah, that's a bit like the Leading Edge Aliens one, which is, well, because it's Leading Edge and based on Phoenix Command... Um, it's incredibly detailed. Um, so you know what's happening to you in great detail when it all goes horribly wrong. But uh, what about Mothership? We played Mothership at uh, uh, Grogme, didn't we? Yeah, that was quite yeah. alien-y. It's, I would say, I'd say it's very, very alien-y. I think when, when Alien, the RPG, came out and we looked at it and went, blimey, they're quite similar. Probably because they're based on a similar property yep. or a similar concept. So let's call it convergent evolution in gaming. Let's call it that. Uh, I was also going to say Mothership, which, yeah, when we uh, did the sort of multi-table game at Grogme, that had mm. very uh, sort of strong echoes of, of um, Alien and you can sort of see it in the, uh, the rule set itself that it comes from that kind of background and i think we can probably reflect a little bit later on 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 uh how they model stress differently but probably with similar <laughs> similar <laughs> results so and yeah we can talk about what what that's like as a as a play experience in a one shot anyway whatever okay all right so yeah so we've, we've played a little bit and i think you know alien itself is such a you know an amazing background i think most people with the exception of doc i don't think you, so doc what which of the films have you seen because i don't think you've seen a lot of the newer ones had you or had you yeah i've seen the first two i haven't deliberately not i, I think i've seen three but you know, don't remember it very well. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's been a whole bunch of other ones which I haven't seen, so yeah. I apologise. Yeah. So I was coming into it as the the ignorant. Well, to be fair, I think if you've watched Alien and Aliens, that's you don't you don't well you don't need anything else really. Do you? Yeah. That's 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 more than enough. And I mean, you could play the game obviously without any background in it at all. But I think with the, with the Aliens RPG from from Free League, I mean, they've, they've taken real efforts to try and stitch all of the Alien films together, and they don't. 
to touch on the novels so much, but because it's just a whole load of comics and graphic novels and all sorts of stuff out there. But certainly in cinematic stuff, they try to stitch together as much as possible. So I suppose in terms of the, the RPG itself, and let's let's leave the stress mechanic to the side. We'll come we will come back to that instantly, you know, just in shortly. But how well do you think that the uh, the game itself models the the background, make it alieny, if you like? Well, I think maybe it's a bit peripheral to the rule book, but the VTT that was being used was really really good i thought mm. um and i think it's officially supported isn't it from yes, free league yeah. and they've done a brilliant job i think with that it really does sort of capture the the aesthetic fantastically uh, mm. down to sort of flickering screens and what have you well and, i mean that's those are actually add-ons so they're, they're not the um free league official if you like but the things that that people have written so things like the motion tracker which sort of worked variably well <laughs> but, yeah. you know, so, yes i think certainly it adds to the whole um uh, whole atmosphere it, of it, it gave yeah. you the feeling of being tracked by slightly uncertain technology and going to die because it wasn't working so that was good <laughs> it, <laughs> it, worked, it worked well remotely i think it, we've got the idea of, of you're, you're alone in the apc and you can see all your teammates on the, the little video displays slowly dying one by one that's, yeah, that's, I, it I certainly adds to that. the feeling, yeah. Yeah, but no, that, that, that's right. So aliens when they've got uh, whatever is it, Gorman, the lieutenant, and he's in there. Yeah. All the all the uh, all the aliens, all the the, the marines are just uh, panicking off one by one. <laughs> yes, and his well, stress yeah. is going through the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe it's something that's, that's better played remotely rather than face to face. I don't know. I mean, the system itself is well, it's it's the straightforward sort of mutant zero system. So it's a dice pool mechanic role, and essentially every six is success. And I think things like um combat again it's detailed enough i don't think it needs to be much more of that yeah so when we played it obviously we played destroyer of worlds so that's a cinematic scenario so the idea is that you've got non-player or you know pre-generated characters in that but i think certainly reading through the rule book itself you've got a whole there's a whole universe in, in alien out there that we didn't explore at all but i think flicking you know having, I think it's having to read through it i, I think you know you, you can be you know the evil agent of the of the faces corporation you know stiffing everyone over uh you can be like the roughnecks you know the guys in, in the bowels of spaceships uh going from uh, from place to place complaining about their terms and conditions and how their pay is not enough and that sort of thing so although the only game of snow of alien that i've played or run has been has been this one so the destroyer of worlds pack have you guys played in any other games where you haven't been marines for example no i haven't but i, I really do want to i've read the the rule book and there is a really useful um, set of tables for generating plot hooks and jobs mm. for for your crew. So you you could you could easily play it as a sandbox type game where you've got a, um, the worlds around you on the map and you know how far you can go in your ship. You can mm. generate a few jobs and then maybe throw in a, a, an alien or two. Let, let the suspense build up, I suppose, rather than being in an all out fight and you know you're all going to die. At least you've got a, a chance that you could survive and make some money out of it. So there's a potential you could just play a game of yeah. alien without alien, any yeah. aliens. Yeah. That's, that's a bit weird really, isn't it? <laughs> well it, it's there it's there as part of the part of the the background because the, the like the whole idea is that there's this 
this space beast book there's a, a rumor of something horrible that's happened and you've probably heard about it but you think oh well maybe that's all that's all nonsense so i, I think part of what we have to overcome when we, we're playing is is that we have expectations and we know what's going to happen so if somebody's got a, a sore throat or they're coughing or they're bleeding from the eyes you think right yeah we know what's going to happen here normally if someone's bleeding from the eyes that's fine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know whether you want me to. I know we're not reviewing it. Um, I just Please think, feel free to say anything you like, Doc. It's all good. I, I, I just think the problem with aliens is that if you want a game with aliens in it, it's really difficult to do. And, you know, because it's because of the cinematic stuff. And mm. if you don't have aliens in it, there's probably better games to do the sort of low grade, you know, merchant, grimy, few, far future world in mm. with it and i've always found it really difficult with uh alien because i think as as a one shot i think it is you know you could absolutely see the idea of spiraling down and again mm. we're not mentioned we're not talking about stress yet but i mean it is designed for that very specific experience you know the sort of horror far future horror mm. and horror campaigns with lots of horror in them tend to be quite difficult i mean mm. if you look at you know cthulhu I'm trying to think of big, you know, big. Yeah. That's got lots of that's got lots of bad guys, most of which you don't meet till the end, or ideally don't meet at all. Whereas this, it's usually roughly the same horrific bad guys. <laughs> you know, they might be slightly different with an extra set of jaws or something, um, yeah. but you know, they're basically the same bad guys. So I think it's, I don't know, I just think it's difficult to run a campaign with. Though I've got lots of good things to say about what we actually did, mm. but I'm going to start mm. off by throwing that in. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. What, what, you got any thoughts there, Matt? Yeah, I'm inclined to agree that, uh, especially because it's so well known, <laughs> such a such a well known film, a classic of the, the mm. horror stroke sci fi genre, that there is that expectation that you will encounter aliens uh, as part mm. of the adventure. And so, what Doc said rings true, and you you can kind of cover the grimy kind of blue collar sci fi mm. with things like Hostile, which is the old. You know, Cephas engine, yeah, uh, 2D6 sci fi add on and drop aliens into that, which would come as more of a surprise. And you're playing aliens RPG, I wonder what's in this room. <laughs> oh, some eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's a conceptual thing, isn't it? So, okay, so you've got a system, all right? So you say, I want to play a role playing game. Let's choose a system. So you're going to choose Cepheus or you're going to choose, you know, the, the Mutant Year Zero engine, you know, or, or whatever, whatever your, is your flavor of game. Okay, he said, right, we're going to play a game. When, when you pick up the, as you said, Doc, when you pick up the alien rule book, you're going, I'm playing alien. But then your expectation is, as you say, that you're going to meet aliens. Maybe it's just because I'm quite limited as a, as a as a GM. I just struggle with the whole concept of, I'd rather probably play something else. I mean, the system itself, I know somebody did a, a, a hack of uh, the system and, and ran Babylon 5, which I think works perfectly well. So you, you could see how it would run a sci-fi system very effectively like as you said neil on twitter i think you were saying that there's a there's obviously space combat in there we didn't go anywhere near that frankly um but you could do it quite easily um, and it's nice and simple that you can you know if you, if you fancy having a space battle it's easy to set up it's not like traveler where you've got to have a huge table and a protractor and bits of string and log tables and whatever it's it's simple enough that you can get into it and probably quite deadly as well but it, it would be enjoyable, I think, to, to do that as part of a part of a scenario. And I'm just thinking, I'll, I'll probably struggle with it less 
if there was a, a free league science fiction game. Here's a free league science fiction game. It's got all these bells and whistles and there's an alien module. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just because the yeah. game itself says alien on it in big, and it's got a big alien on the front. It's almost like, well, by picking it up, it's almost like you've signed up for that, for that part of it. I mean, imagine if Call of Cthulhu was instead called, I don't know, Adventures in Innsmouth. Yeah. And the only bad guys were basically deep ones. And every, you know, in every scenario basically had deep ones in it. And so you spend a lot of time going out on boats into the middle of nowhere. It's difficult because you're trying to recreate one kind of artistic experience using another mm. type of artistic medium is always incredibly tricky. And I really sound like I'm, I, I don't mean to be, because I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, we've got, we've got a danger in danger here of actually having it being vexed on this podcast. Because that's what <laughs> we're about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But, 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 the brand. Hopefully, people will be more <laughs> furious with us on Twitter now because oh, we're being a bit more controversial. I'm sure. But, yeah, so right. good. This is a win. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean they, they're very specific talking about the cinematic scenario versus the campaign scenario. But again, you know, I think it's fairly telling that they brought out the Colonial Marines Operations Manual up front, which you know, again, that doesn't have to involve aliens in it. I don't think. I mean. I've I bought this, but I haven't read it in a lot of detail. But it's a lot about sort of you know frontier warfare in a sci-fi universe. Great, you know, and, and again that by itself, you go yes, I'm, that's fantastic. I like the sound of that. But it's the aliens game. So you've certainly got enough in the in the background to have um, a nice big war going on. There's there's mm. the the different factions and independence, and there's there's plenty of, of scope for conflict between them. Whether that's like covert that somebody's trying to take over a, a planet and get the resources or a bigger battle or your space battles so you you, you can have you could have that sort of warfare type mm. game very easily i think there's a difference in that because that's sort of the sort of sci-fi action i think they they say in in the rule book there there's sort of three ways you could play it as space horror sci-fi action or sense of wonder where you're exploring ancient mm. ruins and whatever mm. and we were we were definitely playing the sci-fi action with a heavy dose of survival horror <laughs> <laughs> try, try not to get eaten is absolutely yeah i think it's it's fairly telling that they brought out that one first i think yeah i'll be really interested to see what they do with a, a roughneck or something like that like sort of a, a you know let's have a, a campaign set up that as actually there's no aliens in it at all it's more about that sort of corporate politics and as you say the background is even the films themselves are fairly heavy on that so with is it carter burke in in aliens you know that's a really sleazy corporate guy it's all you know links into the background i think as i say i think it's just struggling with the fact that it's just got alien plaster for it in terms of what that looks like probably you struggle with it less than i do <laughs> and probably doctors and matt's probably sort of in the middle a little bit the mechanics i think i find they work really well i mean i really liked in play it was actually relatively easy so we had a massive break so we started playing destroyer of worlds which is supposed to be a three session scenario i know <laughs> um, i don't see how you could possibly do that <laughs> but we had a big, big break in the middle but actually we when we came back to the to the game we, we picked it up fairly well and we, i think we got into it yeah, I think easy. I think that worked. It was, yeah, you know, so e- it was easy to follow what was going on, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's not too onerous. And as you say, Foundry BTT really helped. Let's talk about stress. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about this right now. So the mechanic is: so you've got you've got a dice pool, and you get you roll these sixes. There'll be certain things that will increase your stress pool. So you'll get let's say one or two or however many points of stress. And what that does in the game is that you roll an extra dice, which can potentially give you more sixes so more you know more successes 
but also on those additional stress dice, you've got a little face hugger. So essentially on a, on a one, bad stuff happens, so you can start to panic. So has anyone played in other games of Alien? <laughs> and we could probably touch on Mothership in a second, but if, if someone's so dark, you're, you're, you're nodding. Um, so I'm assuming you've played another game of Alien that hasn't been this one. What was your experience of stress in that one? It just spirals until you're all essentially... I, I, I mean... To give you an idea, I mean, I've got two views on stress. One of them is, as you're adding stress dice, you're making your character pretty much twice as competent, effectively, on a tight dice ball system fairly quickly. You know, rather than rolling six dice, which is a normal competent individual, suddenly you're rolling, you know, 10 or 11 or 12 dice. So you get... And I think without the stress dice, you feel quite incompetent quite a lot of the time. At least Mm -hmm. I did, you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, So... The stress dice are really important if you're going to actually achieve anything. But because of the way it works, because of the way it builds up, every time you roll a you know a one on a stress dice, you roll on the panic table, and there's a good chance it will either add to your stress or to everybody around you. And it just adds up inexorably, which is absolutely brilliant for a single big combat, you know, which is big, you know, it works really well from that point of view. It's just that anything extended. Any long combat where you don't want everyone to end up running away and screaming, you end up just being absolutely buried by the stress, I find. It does feel almost inevitable. So once it starts, certainly, you know, so obviously you played that one. Um, I, I ran a one shot as well a little while back when we had exactly the same situation. Yeah, I've, Alien, but... I've not played it before, but it, okay. we, ser- we certainly had enough situations where it went from we were felt competent and in charge of the situation to one person cracks and starts screaming and then everybody else gets an extra panic roll and they start screaming and dropping the guns and firing all the ammo in one go and you know that was a that's quite a, quite a good mechanic for the resource management that we were certainly worrying about running out of ammunition very quickly as a synthetic obviously i didn't suffer any stress and just stood calmly watching everyone screaming firing everything off at once and hiding under tables but um, i just wondered actually so much because obviously what was that experience like was it did you feel that like you were just sort of a st- just watching a lot of the time what was going on um certainly when it came to combat because i wasn't really a built for for fighting. You weren't a combat model, were you? No. So, yeah, I was uh, a bit of a a spare wheel Mm. um, when it came to to the combats, other than one of my abilities to sacrificing myself to save other people. So on more than one occasion, I did end up sort of basically carried back in a carrier bag, just a a, a big sack of parts and then reassembled. (laughs) So, yeah, and the competence thing kind of affects you there in that you don't get that bonus of stress to your role. So when you're trying to perform some acts, although I had some pretty decent specialities, some of the more Mm. common stuff that's just you know, a, a fairly remote chance of success with some of the other roles, I think. So as the GM, essentially what I was seeing was that there were two outcomes. So there was Doc's one, which was people start freaking out and then people either cast Sonic on the floor or running away or hiding or whatever it might be. With the alien, if it stood and looked at you enough times... Then you know because what yeah but but if you haven't played Alien, what you do is you for each and I, and I really like this because they do have a similar mechanic in Forbidden Lands is that when they attack you roll a d6 their attack type so it could be you know bite, try and bite someone's head off okay which happened to 
to, to, to Chaplin, so the, your synthetic mask quite a, a number of times, okay? Or it could, you know, stand and look at you and just sort of study you and increase your stress that way, or you can do a whole range of other things. And what was happening was that it would stand and watch you for a couple of rounds, and then people, someone would start to crack, and then it would spin out of control, right? People would, as you say, Doc, you start to roll more dice, but then all the weapons you've got are, are automatic weaponry, so then you'd, you'd run out of ammunition. So it was in it, you just burning through ammunition all the time. It just seemed rubbish, really. So we, it, I, we changed the rules. We said, you know, if you want to, you can just put your weapon on single shot. So it means you didn't do loads of extra damage by, you know, if you get more successes, you could invest those in extra damage. But it just meant you weren't going through the bore or anything having to run out of ammunition all the time. The weapons didn't feel chunky enough. I think um, in the last encounter, we knew that there were some aliens up ahead, fired grenades at them, and, they, and the grenades ended up bouncing back and, and doing more damage to us. <laughs> It didn't even bounce back. If they worked exactly as intended, because of the area effect and the aliens' armour, they had absolutely no effect on the aliens at all. And even though we were outside the major, we were just in the splash zone, we just got, you know, round of trouble. So it's, yeah, I mean, our big plan to go in there with the grenade launchers, we'd gone to the RE, we'd got the grenade launchers, we were boom, boom, boom. It was great. It was really cinematic. Only... They basically grabbed the grenades, caught them, watched them blow up in their faces, amused, and then looked at us, and we cracked up again. And it was, yeah, I, I think the weapons, the aliens are tough. They're supposed to win. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that was a problem with that scenario. Certainly in aliens, the, the weapons there can cut the xenomorphs in half quite easily. Like the sentry gun, there's that famous scene mm. in the, in the, the um, director's cut where they've got this sentry gun firing down the hallway and aliens just coming and getting blown to pieces and the, the ammo ticks down, runs out, and then, mm. ah, they're in trouble. But certainly, I think for for that for this sort of cinematic Marines-type game, you want to do more damage, but then have more aliens coming after you. In a, mm. in a blue-collar game, you could just have one alien and you're trying to fend it off with electric prods and flamethrowers, and you're, you're probably not going to kill it, but you might just get a, get away from it and live to fight another day. So you either have, as you say, a blue-collar game with one alien, which I think would, would work well, but you're, again, you're trying to replicate, or you are replicating the, the first film, and stress is a thing in that. So as you say, you, get, you freak out, and then you know you become a little bit more competent, then it becomes too much, and everyone runs away and hides for a bit. Or you have a game without any aliens in at all. Now, admittedly, not all sorts of stress are aliens. So being injured can cause you stress and um, seeing horrible things, whatever it might be, can cause you stress. Losing your paycheck can cause you stress. So, but they are, seem to be, they're quite episodic. They don't, I don't think they're the sort of thing that would escalate rapidly out of control within a single encounter. It might be something that happens occasionally. But to your point, Doc, it might not be enough to give you the edge to make you feel competent because if you've got enough gap, your stress will go away. So you might get one or two dice occasionally. So again, it just—I'm not sure how it would work in in that. I, th- I think you could do something like in an environmental scenario where, you, say, you're exploring a derelict spaceship and there's radiation there, or the air is um, leaking out and you're in vacuum, 
Mm. You're running out of resources and there's a fire and it blocks off the way that you're going. So you've got to find another route and you're getting more and more stressed and running out of resources. Mm. Yes, so, you could do that. Because yeah, they, so they say in the book, it's space is a dangerous place. There's lots of things yeah. there as well as the aliens. Yeah, uh, no, undoubtedly. I mean, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to accept my narrowness of mind when it comes to this one. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it, it worked really, you know, here I am, I, I do seem to be sounding like I'm psyching it off, but we had two, we had three really good fights that I remember in that. The lone alien, the first fight we had with the alien when we first discovered it, which ended roughly as you'd hope with, you know, obviously the synthetic being ripped apart and one of us being killed and the other two panicking, just managed to kill it. Um, it was great. It was really exciting. It was, you know, us against a single alien. And that was mm. fine. The sort of alien experience, that was a good fight. Then we had the fight against the insurgents, yeah. the, the separatists, whatever you want to call it. And again, that was really interesting because you suddenly said, bloody hell, we're quite good. And, you know, we seem quite competent against them. And, you know, I don't remember getting super stressed or anything. And mm-hmm. we, I, I felt a bit like a Marine, you know, in that yeah, fight. Yeah, definitely. Then. And then the, the final, final fight, spoiler, we all died. Where it beautifully recreated everybody dying in aliens. And it was a, and I, genuine, I genuinely enjoyed it. You know, yeah. in that it was clearly ridiculous. We were clearly, you know, after we fired in the grenades and they just came out looking slightly grumpy you know you thought oh we're definitely going to die then i wonder how and it gives you an interesting way to die and i again just to reinforce i absolutely love that random alien action thing yeah because it really you know they feel alien right they they do weird things they do not do what you expect so. Oh, the, the one that, that sacrificed itself for the hive by going and exploding acid everywhere. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was effective. Most, that was our most successful kill method, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping they rolled back. Getting the aliens to eviscerate themselves. But the downside of that is they just spray you with acid, and that sends you yeah. what took your character down, Neil. That, your that, character yeah. went down first turn. That was it. First alien acted, cut itself in half, poured itself all over you. That was it. Done. Yeah. And I had to when I was playing that that game, I had to embrace my my inner old scouser role playing, you know, because obviously <laughs> yeah. it's been a bit of a story yeah. game. And I'm going right, okay, say, so, yeah, yeah. How, how do we how do we make this work? And then yeah, I just go, no. Do you know what? I'm this the dice fall where they may. Let's just see how horribly you're going to die at that point. And uh, yeah, that's that's quite freeing actually. <laughs> At that point, you say, okay, all right. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed playing. I mean, you, you know, it was great to play with you guys, and obviously we had, we had other people playing playing with us as well. It was it was good fun. I'm interested to see where they take it and how they make the next supplement work. I don't know what they, they haven't announced. It, I don't think. Um, I'd imagine it's going to be some sort of roughneck uh, or some sort of blue collar thing. I think it's a challenge to do it well, and I'll be interested to see what they do. I mean, if anyone's going to do it well, it's going to be free league. So, you know, I've got, got confidence to be good. And, and I'll be, I'd certainly be happy to, to, to run it again. I mean, as I say, the scenario we ran was was Destroyer of Worlds. From your perspective, what was what was that like? What, how did, how did the, the actual gameplay feel? Because it's cinematic, so I think there's a certain element of railroadiness to it, and I think we all accepted that up front anyway. Uh, but what are your thoughts about that, that story and that scenario? Certainly a lot in it, as, as you say. I mean, I can't see how that could possibly be done. But the the opening the opening act of it where we're investigating what's happening and there's like reports of something strange lurking in, in the in the settlement and we're trying to find these missing marines. There was you know, there's a bit of an investigation where we went into the bar and trying to get the locals to talk and, and mm. that was that was you know great from that and that was the build up the sort of slowly building up the tension until the scene where we're in the the police station or whatever it was or um, and 
I think we ended on a cliffhanger that I looked in in the cell and there was a dead body there looked up something on the ceiling that's right see you next time <laughs> that, oh, that was an absolute classic moment um, yeah, and it's that, superbly you know it's that, that's a, that's what you want from a cinematic game and as the sort of non-combatant synthetic i think that first sort of half i probably maybe had a little bit more for the synthetic to do in terms of you know, hacking computer systems and so mm. on and once everything got a bit more shooty it was more a case of diving into danger and ending up in the carrier bag again <laughs> And, and rapidly, I mean, you know, we, we sort of developed the, the play style that, you know, for those people who couldn't join the game, essentially, you know, it was you or someone else would would control the characters. It almost yeah. became, you know, here's a pool of MP of, of, of you know, pre-gens. We're just going to pick them out as we go along. Because otherwise, as you say, you know, the synthetic was essentially would be a bit of a bystander. So I think you'd have to, to enjoy it. You'd have to have, I think, a bit of a, unless you just have to sit and watch. Uh, but if you wanted to get stuck in, you'd need to use some of the other characters. Definitely, he was so he was so vital to it. He was absolutely he was you know every single time. And was there a single fight where you didn't get ripped apart? It was you know, he he was like he gave us an extra life in every yeah. fight. I was about thirty percent duct tape by the end of it. Yeah. I think. <laughs> And I love the fact that the you know the Marines would just have to sort of like I don't know stick him back together. I, I'm I'm doing gestures for the podcast, so it doesn't really <laughs> work very well. But yeah, I, I know we just sort of hammered him back together, and he was this incredibly complex biomorphic android being ripped apart by by aliens, torn, burnt with acid. And as you say, we duct tape him, and he'd be fine. I'm fine again. They, it was always. I think there's a little bit of uh, GM kindness there. There might have been me. No. Certainly not. I mean, the, so the, the, the rule are that rules, the rules are, the rule is that um, shift of work. So, you know, five to 10 hours, whatever it might be, and a comtech role or something. And uh, that's it. You're done. Fixed. Otherwise, it's like, you know, you, you get ripped to bits as a as a, uh, as a synthetic and you, you're done. You, you can't get better unless someone fixes you. So, again, I'm interested on in how, I mean, you probably wouldn't be able to have synthetics in a, in a roughneck game because the number of one are too expensive and number two, they're just too bloody good, <laughs> really. <laughs> you know? They would just—they would always, always be the captain and the best. So it's uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it, it'd be interesting when they do their um, Blade Runner uh, game. Actually, how they make it different from that—that um, yeah. so that, would be a bit of a challenge. But yeah, so as you say, um, there, there's there's lots to it. There are very definite segments. So there's the first, and again, spoilers. You know, if you, if you haven't played Destroyer of Worlds. <laughs> to switch off now but there's a, there's an investigative component which is the first bit and as you say there's lots going on there's loads of, of plot threads and things that you can you know npcs that you can link to and to be honest i as a gm i've found it quite overwhelming i think if you've got a scenario with lots of moving parts i mean i've got a huge respect for people who run things like um you know master or thotep or any of those like big spanning campaigns because you've got to keep so much straight in your head all the time and if you're making it up yourself, it's okay because you make it yourself. But when you're trying to do a create, you know, a published bit, you're trying to do justice to this box of stuff you've bought. And so I, I miss loads out. <laughs> I just shut stuff out because I just thought, do you know what? We need to we need to get through this before we actually all die of old age because uh, it, it will go on forever and ever. So yeah, so the first segment, yeah, interesting. And then the second segment is, you know, you, you essentially, you know, something happens. Uh, you're all, you guys are all out on your own. You're trying to make your way back to um, Fort Nebraska, which is the sort of the, the main sort of marine colony. I mean, what, what did that feel like from your perspective as, as players? It definitely feel the desperation. It's certainly when when there was the, the scene 
where there was a, a battle going on and we got caught in the middle of it blown up and the and the captain was uh, uh, critically injured mm. so yeah and then trying to get back on foot um everything going to hell around us and then getting to the fort and we couldn't even get into the fort because there were guns on it it was it definitely that that sort of desperation of oh it's it's that really hopeless it's the, the scene in aliens where it's game over man game over we've screwed yeah, they it captured that really well. It's definitely uh, caught the atmosphere. I, I agree. There's uh, well, there's frequent <laughs> desperation going on. I think um, mm. from Fort Nebraska and onwards. But because um, mm. I think we spent about three sessions playing that bit, getting you from you know where you met up, where you, you fought with the insurgents, and then something happened, and you have to make your way back. But so it's nine hours play basically. And again, there's just loads of stuff I missed out of that. So you can you can pick and choose bits of it, certainly. Uh, and you know the, the campaign is certain, or the campaign that's the cinematic scenario is not missing content. But I think as GM, you're sort of going, well, I'm not going to do that. It's going to take too long. I've I'm, I'm been in that bit, uh, and, it, and it feels it feels sprawling. What it is, I really like the sort of green highlighted map, 1980s computer mm, um, map. The graphics are great for yeah, most of them, except for the map of the base. The map of the base, as you say, was just overwhelming. It was just huge and you know, really detailed and really complicated. And just having the sort of green lines actually made it really difficult to work out what was going on on it. And it was just a huge place. You're going, how even big is it? Um, trying to we, zoom in on your screen and yeah like, i mean how long does it take to go you know how long does it take to move from here to here there was the same problem with all investigative scenarios in that it's you know it is difficult to do investigative scenarios everyone's got different levels of tolerance for investigation it's incredibly rare you get you know everybody is exactly as interested in investigating as everybody else i think you know we were a good group but normally there's somebody in the corner just rolling his eyes saying <laughs> Just give me a shout when something interesting happens. Maybe that's just people I play with. Maybe it's me. I don't know. The, um, but, uh, but you know, so you've got the bit of the investigation thing. And actually, it was fine. It was just, it looked really overwhelming before we started. And then you know, we got to interesting bits fairly quickly. I, I thought it was a good scenario, actually. The, mm. the, the, the other thing, so the two bits of investigation, one, boring bits when nothing's happening. Two, the feeling that actually it was a lot more interesting than you knew. You just we just missed out on all the interesting stuff. That's the thing that always you know with Cthulhu again. I'm yeah. using Cthulhu, there's, but there's always places you don't go to. There's this fascinating go, plot. Gone to and this, this fascinating place. story, and all you know is this guy you know with two heads comes running out and attacks you, and you go, well, I wonder how he ended up with two heads. I bet that was interesting, <laughs> and you never know. Yeah, it's the old. Um... Blowing away the key NPC contacts. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you'd questioned him, you would have gone down this sort of route. But no, we uh, we just lit him up. <laughs> um, which, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a risk with any alien game. Yeah. Anyone that's remotely yeah. looking a bit queasy is probably going to get blamed. So. And again, because you know it's alien. Okay, so you're playing alien. Oh, there's something happening. Well, I bet that's an alien. Even though I don't, I've never met an alien, don't know what an alien is, but I, as a player, because we're playing aliens, a big picture of an alien from, so it's definitely going to be that anyway. Um, so yeah, so that almost like that first part, it feels like a bit of a, it's like a shoot. So it's almost like you're 
right, we're, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to get on the ship yeah. now, which then gets to the next bit. And it's a bit of a travelogue. You're wandering around, meeting horrible things, terrible things happening, you know, firing squads and, you know, whatever. And, and there's lots of opportunity for, for, for player character mayhem in there, which, you know, you guys took thorough advantage of and, and that's what it's all about, really. And then the last bit, when you get to, to Fort Nebraska itself and you're trying to sort of, you know, get off the the planet i just felt like it had to keep hammering home and it, this was nothing to do with it that you as a play group it was this is what you need to do you need to get off the planet you need to get off the planet and this is how you get off the planet so i think if i hadn't just told you that you just spend what we can do because as you say it's huge and the fort nebraska is a huge place and you know there's there's lots going on and, and it's a dungeon crawl yeah that, effectively, isn't it yeah. you know it's yeah. like go here pull that switch go all the other other at the end of the base press that button Go all the way back to where you were and toggle that dial. That did annoy me. That did annoy me that you had to go all the way in one direction, then all the way in the other direction, then all the way back again. You know what? That I can see that work. But if that had been in a sort of like, you know, Half-Life video game, yeah. you know, for the, for, for the many youngsters listening, that was a video game in the olden days. Probably not a problem with your demographics, Steve. Um, Unlikely. Uh, it, it, but... You know, imagine, imagine having to do that back up, down. I mean, I know people used to do it because they were too, they couldn't be asked to, you know, design, you know, multiple floors. So they just mm-hmm. have you going back and forth over the same floor again. It was a classic problem in the 90s for, you know, these three, you know, these things. And it just felt a bit like that for me. And, and it could have been quite, sorry, Matt, it could have been quite strict in as much as, because it does talk about, actually, you can move in a certain amount, of, in a turn, you can move this many zones. You know, so if you wanted to do it as like a dungeon crawl thing, I never like encounter tables, but I'm just thinking, you know what aliens do? <laughs> you know, so they come out and they bite you. Um, so how, you know, I, I could I could torment you with different aliens to come and do the, the same things to you. But I thought, watch, it, it, it felt like it was the worst type of random encounter table. It's just a random encounter; it doesn't do anything. It just annoys the players and gets in the way. That's how that's how it felt to me. Well, the other aspects, again, being alien and knowing the background, is should we go into this direction, this room, or round that wing? Nope. Got <laughs> <laughs> that resin on the walls. We'll keep yeah. that one a miss. Yeah, we stay clear of that completely. I mean, just don't go down the east wing at all. So yeah. there was plenty of that. I mean, the the acid tests for me the acid blood test for me was was it fun overall and it was but um i don't know if that was more the party and everyone just taking it in the spirit but uh, also the adventure like you say yeah it's probably going to be a a lot different from blue collar sort of color or colonial marine type stuff i I thought it was really interesting because again you know inevitably i compare it with forbidden lands because that's obviously free league system i played that and that is it's all about sort of uh, resource management and owning role when you have to. And it's it's proper old school in, you know, uh, sort of terrible things can happen. You can just die of starvation or run out of torches and terrible things happen in a, in a dark place, you know. And we sort of got closest to that, I think, when you got to a certain point when there's a lot of radiation. And I was making you roll for oh, yeah. radiation points and oxygen and things. And, and it's almost like, because, of, you know, the whole area is flooded with radiation. If you don't do that, then... You might as well not have the radiation there. And it felt like we're doing a lot of resource management, but actually that's we don't want this in this game. And again, probably that may be our group. But it, it was weird. Okay, my my view is as I'm thinking through is it was weird shifts of tone and speed through the scenarios. It was like investigate, get back to the base, you know, a bit of traveling around. Then it was, you know, quick move around the base, get the get the, the stuff and then slow down and, and track your oxygen usage and then go fast again. It just felt like it was a bit jarring in terms of the... Um... I, I thought I thought that worked really well. I mean, I, I think 
the first time we went through the irradiated section, it was really nerve wracking um, mm. because we, we could see the resources ticking away and the back suits got damaged and so people running out of oxygen. And we were through there, relief. And we had to go back there to to set the timer on the, the atomic weapons. And it was like, oh God, not again. Do we really want to go through that pain? But so, I also had the slight feeling, and again, tell me if I'm wrong. I have a slight feeling that you were fed up with the resource management because, you know, I think, as you say, if you'd really counted all the squares and all the areas and made us roll every single time, I just think, A, it would have been quite boring, and B, we all would have just died in a corridor. Um, uh, pretty, uh, which pretty is pretty much what I was concerned about. So, yeah. it's, so I think it was quite difficult for you, you know, because you don't want us all to just die in a corridor because that's not much fun. On the other hand, I mean, as Neil says, I, I think it, it did give the impression of you can see it does add a sort of new level of stress. Mm. So I, I think I think you pulled it off. I think you managed to do it without it being annoying. And my character picked up a whole bunch of oxygen things rather than picking up ammo. So there you go. It worked. <laughs> Yeah, for resource yeah. management. Well, that's um, kind of where the story points were really critically useful as well, because yeah. they got chucked around fairly readily <laughs> towards the end. Yeah. So in, in some in a, some cinematic scenarios, rather than having experience points because your characters don't get any better, but what, as Matt says, what you do is you get you have a story point. So even if your character dies, the story point belongs to the player. So even if your character dies, you can then use that with your next character. I, I mean, I, I will say there weren't enough pre-gens, you know, to, to get the, really get the flavour. In fact, I had a queue of them that was almost like waiting around the corner. So if if enough of you had died, they would have like trooped around the corner and you'd have picked those up. But it just felt like, okay, it's meat for the meat grinders. <laughs> but again, that's, that's you know, if all we're doing is mincing characters... I think you're right, Matt. I, I really enjoyed it, and I think you know um, it was it was great fun. It was it was very in, instructive for me as a GM in just in terms of the type of game I like. I think Alien has got a lot of positive points. I think there are some 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 things that you need to overcome, and things. I think you know a lot of it's around player expectation as well. Uh, I think you need to have a, a, the right group of people who, who you know. I think we did absolutely did have the right group of, of people. So we had uh, James uh, Raven, and also we had uh, Paul Baldwin. Uh, Paul Baldwin on Twitter, and uh, <laughs> who played with us. Um, so it, it, it was great fun. I think it's, it's one that's been ticked off my list of games that I need to play, whether I'll revisit it again soon, I don't know. I think I'm more excited about playing Babylon 5 with it, <laughs> to be honest, uh, which is pretty cool. But okay, so so what about you guys? I mean, would, would you revisit Alien again as an RPG? Or would you revisit that as a Marine in a cinematic scenario? Or have you, have you, have you done that now? Oh, I, I think I, I definitely want to do a, a blue collar game of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. I think I'd like to see it as uh, well as a non-synthetic, but uh, maybe just a roughneck or a, some kind of corporate grunt working on a, a rig somewhere, just to see corporate intrigue or something, something non-alien. If I saw it as a one-off at a convention, I probably wouldn't go for it because I mm. think I've done that particular thing. I think, as I said before, if I was going to do a, you know, a, a blue collar you know, space campaign. I'm not sure I would set it in the Aliens universe and I'm not sure I would use that rule set. But, you know, again, it's perfectly competent. Mm. Um, but like so many role-playing games, you know, you've got a few... You know, it, it just doesn't matter if you're playing mm. with good, you know, with yeah. uh, with good people and things. You'll have a good... So, you know, if I ended up playing a campaign, I'd really enjoy it, yeah. I think, is what I would yeah. say. But um, I think it'd be interesting to see how it works. And as I say, you know, even when the... The roughneck manual comes out i'll probably just pinch stuff and i'll run it in 
the expanse or Babylon 5 or whatever, you know, because then I think it's it's a much more open uh, setup. I mean, I think interesting, there's obviously a massive appetite for this this sort of game because, I mean, Aliens is, is an alien. The whole property is very popular. The RPG, you know, gone gangbusters. Mothership has just made, you know, 52 quintillion dollars on, uh, on Kickstarter and I've, I've backed it. So I don't know whether the play experience will be different for uh, uh, for Mothership as, as for Alien. Um, I think interestingly in, in Mothership, they've they've toned down their stress chart or their panic chart, whatever Because they call it was it. absolutely ridiculous. It was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. In, uh, <laughs> and quote me, like two thirds of the characters died of heart attacks in Mothership. <laughs> it was It was mad. <laughs> It was, you know, it was, I had a, I had a character who turned up, the first character died of a heart attack, new one turned up. Uh, within about 17 minutes of, you know, of real time, that one died of a heart attack too. And you're going, this, I, I don't know, this is a cardiovascular disaster game. You know? <laughs> They're obviously taking far too much fat. <laughs> Absolutely. In their diet. So, so, that, so I don't think, I, I think the stress in this one works better. Did it, yeah. did it did in mothership yeah i have i haven't fair disclosure i haven't played the revised version so they've done, spent a lot of work you know on play testing and, and revising it uh, with based on player feedback so i think it'd be interesting to see what's different so alien we enjoyed it it was good fun uh we think probably we've done the marine side of it we've 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 squeezed all the juice out of that all the all the acid blood out of that side of things uh we think there's a lot of potential for other things and i'm you know i'm keen to see what what, what comes out in future and how they handle that okay I think we're done in that case. Any final words before we uh, we sign off? I mean, just thank you very much for you know um, uh, uh, setting it up on Foundry and uh, running it yeah, for us because it really was it was a great experience. Yeah, really great experience. It. Yeah, yeah I, I know say, I enjoyed it. It was good fun. Good so fun. thanks to to you and the other players. I thought yeah. it was yeah. uh, it was great fun. Yeah, yeah I think, de- I think definitely one of the highlights of this year in gaming for me. <laughs> I think I think we're revisiting uh, some of the horror. I think we're a lot of us are playing Mortborg, Murkburger aren't we, in 2022? Yeah. So we're not content with that level of, of horror and uh, player uh, demo, uh, player character demise. Uh, we're going to do that all over again. So there's uh, an appetite for it. All right, okay. Cheers, guys. Very much, Steve. I think take it easy, and thanks very much for, uh, for, for taking part. All right. Yeah, thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to another exploration of my gaming vexes. If you've got any thoughts you'd like to add to what you've heard here, or a gaming vex of your own you'd like to offer up for discussion, you can contact me on Twitter at Allanthar, or we can leave a voice message. The link's on the podcast webpage on Anchor, or can be found in the show notes. Until the next time, may all your games be free of vexatiousness, and be excellent to each other, always. Always.